I have never, ever given enough credit to the ginormous mindset shift that you have to have if you're launching a business or if you are starting anything new and it scares the shit out of you. It does not have to be a business. Uh, I never, ever thought it was going to be that big of a thing, but let me tell you, it's a thing. Uh, With our next guest, Silvana Roche, she is a coach to executives. Uh, Specifically, she works with tech executives and high-achieving people who have to learn how to shift their mindset if they're trying to grow and do things with themselves and with their lives, so on and so forth. In this episode, we cover going beyond your fears and we cover the actual power of your mind. And I don't want to just sit here and, and give you all the things in which you already know. We talk about tools and things that you need to actually start implementing, like action items that you can for real do if you want to change the way you are approaching new scary things. Take a listen. Hey Slay Nation, it's Heather back with another episode of the So She Slays podcast. Now I am here with Silvana Roche. Oh my gosh, I have been looking forward to this conversation. Uh, We were talking offline about how I'm kind of in this mindset right now. Today we're going to be talking about fears and the power of your mind and pushing past it. You are actually a executive coach, coach, right? Executive coach to founders. Now, I know everybody's just like, wait, what? What exactly does that mean? Well, Savannah, go ahead and tell everybody what the heck that means. <laughs> I love it. I'm super pumped for this, by the way. <laughs> like, I'm Yay! just giddy with excitement. Um, so let's get into it. Yeah, I'm Silvana Roche. I'm an executive coach to founders and CEOs. And what that means is I help these leaders become the leaders that they're meant to be, right? I help them go from being a boss or being someone who's just really smart or really gifted at whatever their technical skill is to go from that to being a leader of humans that is going to bring out the best in those humans, right? That's what executive coaching is. And there's many, many types of executive coaching, you know, different areas that you can focus on. But the focus of my type of coaching is definitely on mindset, like teaching my clients to use their thoughts and their language and their ways of thinking and their beliefs and the stories that they tell themselves in a way that is going to be empowering to them. And then finding out where those blind spots are, where are those gremlins? Where are those things that kind of get, get in their way without them even knowing? So it's, it's really cool. It's like, we go on these curious journeys with my clients where we go and investigate What's happening in your life today? What's your current reality on the big picture, but also on these, maybe, you know, on your relationships or your co-founder relationship. And let's explore what's going on there. And we dissect it and we figure out what's working, what's not working. And we get to the root of how the person in question, the person that I'm coaching, like, how are you complicit in creating this reality? And how can you take action to create a different reality in your life? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I know a lot of people, they don't realize, So, and I, and I didn't realize this either until recently. Um, if anybody's been following So She Slays in their journey recently, we just launched a sister company. So it's one of those things where, um, you know, Chauncey and I have our other things that we do on top of, you know, So She Slays and Slay AF, which is the creative studio that we just launched, right? 
So exciting news, but it wasn't until recently where it really became apparent just how much your mindset actually stinking matters when you are launching or doing something new or, um, you know, how much fear starts setting in, how much your thoughts start taking you in a different direction. I had no clue uh, really what founders and and true CEOs of, of like service businesses or product businesses, and if they're launching something, what you're going through mentally. Like it is a whole ass mental challenge. Oh my goodness. I love it. I had a coach and mentor years ago when I was launching my coaching practice. And she said, you know, I was in a group program with her. She said, if you want to get to know yourself, start a business, like whatever personal development crap you have not gotten to deal with, it is going to show up. Is that, that, that is all, that is facts right there. Like all caps facts, exclamation point. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So I know for, you know, you know, firsthand experience, even now, and even you in launching your own business too, the things that happen mentally in your head. Now I am notorious. I'm finding that I'm notorious for like imposter syndrome and like negative thoughts, like this isn't going to work. And I'm normally like a very confident, positive person, but yes, Launching your own business definitely brings up different questions in your mind and fears, like so many stinking fears. So I want to kind of dive into that in like the secret, like of going past it. Like, what are some things that we can do to start really changing that fearful mindset and get out of this anxiety ridden, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Totally. I love it. I think when we're in that space, there's a couple of things that are going on. One is there may be old programming that's resurfacing. So old programming is, you know, maybe beliefs or ideas that we were fed as a child, or like if we saw somebody around us in our formative years behave a certain way when they were overwhelmed or in fear, that old programming, which lives in our mind, right, can come back, right? We're like, oh, I've seen this is how people reacted to these types of situations. And I'm just going to kind of mimic that. But there's also a very visceral, I call it physical reaction, right? It's like, there's what's happening in your mind. There's also this very physical um, kind of phenomenon that happens where your body starts to also embody that stress, right? Like you notice that maybe you're not breathing as deeply, you, your heart rate is going up. And so the way that I, I like to approach that sense of overwhelm and anxiety and fear is, first of all, go to the body. Mm-hmm. Like always check in with your body. Like even this morning, there was a little something that happened with my daughter before school. And I noticed my own body reacting in fear and like anxiety to it. Right. And what happened is my heart rate started going up. My breath got really shallow. And I was like, let me just breathe. Let me do some box breathing here so that I can think, right. Instead of like going in the wheel of like, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed. So I think that it's important for us to learn to have this partnership with our body to learn that calming ourselves down can come through the physical body. Take a deep breath, plant your feet on the floor, go for a walk, 
get some fresh air in your lungs, take some deep breaths. And just really giving yourself the time and the space. We live in a world where we think that if I'm feeling overwhelmed or if I'm feeling like I don't have the answer or I have to figure something out, it has to happen two seconds ago. And the reality is it doesn't, right? Like you can just take a step back, give yourself some space, give yourself some grace. Mm. So I find that that's really helpful in those moments because we might say, oh, I've been in anxiety for a month. But maybe you've been in anxiety for a month, but there's all these micro moments where they're like, you don't tackle anxiety saying, okay, for the next month, I'm not going to have anxiety. The way you're going to tackle it is every time that it shows up or every time that a fear shows up, you're going to take a step back with it, go to the body, calm the body down. And then you have a place that is more grounded from which to think. So there, from there, you can notice like, what is this old programming? Whose voice am I hearing right now? The voice that says like, oh, it's not going to work, right? It's like really in, enter into a conversation with it and just be very, like I like to say when we have that voice of fear that's coming up, we want to talk to it like we would to a child or like if our best friend was having a meltdown, was, was really scared, we would be very gentle and curious and just empathetic and be like, it's okay. Where is it coming from? Let's just take a minute to think about this just very gently exploring so that you can, because when we have this fear and anxiety, it's kind of this like formless thing. Mm. It's just kind of overwhelming. And it just sits like a blanket on top of us. And if we go, no, 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 hold on. Let me, let me hold the blanket like six inches away from my face so I can take a good look at it and see that it's actually, it's got a bunch of holes in it. It's like not that as heavy as I thought, you know, because it's crocheted. <laughs> So it's like, got all this air coming through. I can see light going through it, but I just have to like hold it away from my face and kind of explore it a little bit, oh right? So you would talk to that fear and you would say, what is it? Where's that voice coming from? Who said that? Like, why, where did that come from? What, why is that true, right? Like you start to, you start to dissect it, but what you're doing is you're disarming it because you're showing that it's not factual. You know what, and in, in all honesty, I think um, most of us who do anything new in life, right? Anything new. It doesn't even have to be launching a business, right? You could be starting at a new company. You could be anything. Yeah, new relationship. New, a new relationship. New city. Um, I think that is a solid piece of advice to deal with that kind of stuff because I think so much we get um, drawn into our head, right? And in our head, we tend to, I don't know about you, but my imagination's wild, right? And like my thoughts, like 5 million every second. Um, so my head starts convoluting and then it is, it's becoming that story that you're telling yourself and that inner voice and all that kind of thing. And it's not until recently where um, I'm really starting to understand what it means to just calm the hell down. Like, mm. like seriously, mm -hmm. just when the fear of failing or not working, or how am I going to pay for this? Or, you know, who are we going to get for that? You know, all of these problems start arising, which I'm sure, you know, um, as a founder yourself and, and business owner, and then dealing with a whole bunch of CEOs um, and executives and all of that kind of stuff, I, I mean, these thoughts, they're not like those people are not high on a hill untouchable. They all 
have the same train of thought. Same for everybody. Yep. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So my thing too is like, you know, lately I've just been sitting back and trying to get into my body, right? And then when you're in your body and you're calm and then you go down that path of like, okay, why am I scared right now? What is, what is my trigger? What 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 is, you know, and then it's, and then, you know, it was a rabbit hole from there. Like, I mean, I could be sitting there for 30 minutes and be like, oh, okay, well, I mean, but here's my thing too, is it doesn't necessarily get rid of the fear or the anxiety. It gets rid of it holding in my body. It gets rid of me freaking the hell out for like a little bit. And then it puts, you know, a little bit of definition to what I'm freaking out about, but it doesn't go away. I love what you're saying, because this is a misconception that so many people have, um, that if you are doing these things out in the world, you're launching things, you're, I used to, um, pre-pandemic, I used to do a fair bit of public speaking, hopefully that, that'll start up again, but public speaking, and people would say to me, you're not afraid of going up there? Like all those hundreds of people looking at you and examining everything you're saying. I was like, are you kidding me? Of course it's super scary. I'm scared every time I go up there, but I've learned to deal with my fear in a way that I can go, okay, I'm feeling a little fear or I'm feeling a little nervousness. Sure. I have the thoughts about what will people think, but I have learned tools to help me deal with the fear so that I can look the fear in the face and say, thanks, but I'm going to go on anyway, right? So the misconception is that if you're doing big, bold things in the world, you must not have fear. And that is, no, actually, the more big, bold things you do, you probably have a lot more fear because there's lots of of more things to be fearful of, but it's learning to deal with it. And like you said, you know, learning not to hold it in your body. So that's where that physical practice comes in, right? Just releasing that fear from your body learning to work with those fearful thoughts and going, okay, I hear you. I hear that this is old programming. I hear that this is what your dad, you know, that what your dad used to say to you when you were little. Um, I hear that, you know, you had a bad experience when you were a teenager being rejected and you got made fun of, or it was really embarrassing. Like I hear all that, but this is now, this is a different situation and we're going to do it anyway. Right? So that's a really key point is for you when you're faced with fear, what are the sorts of things that are going to allow you to still acknowledge that there's fear, but it's not going to stop you? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's that part. It's not letting fear stop you from what you're doing now. Um, like tying it back to the body, right? Cause it all kind of sits in the body and depending on how you deal with it. Um, personally, I deal with stress and, and all of that stuff through working out. Cause I physically have to get it out of of Mm -hmm. the body. I have to physically get it out. Um, but the thing is too, is when you deal with fear, a lot of times people white knuckle it and push through, right? Which to a certain degree, yes, I, I see how that's kind of helpful because I am a little bit of that person where I'm like, all right, I know I am scared. I'm gonna do it anyways. And I know there's gonna be moments where I'm just going to have to be like, okay, fear, I see you in the corner of my eye, but I'm just going to keep looking straight and I'm going to keep going. Um, whether that exactly is healthy or helpful, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but the thing is, is it's like, it's always going to be there. So what are some healthy <laughs> and helpful 
ways to kind of deal with it? I mean, we mentioned one about physically getting it out of your body through working out, but what, what are some coping mechanisms? So let's see. Um, let me think on this. Like how how I coach people to go through this and how I coach myself. So the white knuckling, I I I have like an aversion to that because white knuckling to me, so you know, it's that like just don't 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 let it get you, just push, push through it. And for me, it's not so much about pushing through it. It's like there's definitely a time to like acknowledge the fear acknowledge that it's there right because the white knuckling and pushing through it almost is like we want to ignore or pretend there's no fear but mm. guess what if you don't acknowledge the fear fear does not like to be ignored or pushed under the carpet it'll it'll come back and meet you 100 yards later right if you're just pushing through and trying to pretend that it's not there so i like to say have a conversation with it if you're feeling the fear it's not about ignoring it it's not about um, pretending that it's not there. You want to move past it, but you want to acknowledge it. And the way that I like to think of it is when I'm, if I'm gripped by fear and I feel like it's getting in the way, I feel like the fear is in the driver's seat. This is how I think of it. Like, oh, I'll notice a moment where I'm like, oh, I've just let the fear get to the driver's seat. And so I'll have this moment where I'll say, okay, okay, fear, I see you, you're driving. I don't really want this to happen. So here's what we're going to do. Fear, I see you. I know your name. I know what you're about, right? Like we have that conversation. We have that exchange, right? Like acknowledge what's happening, what's making me nervous. And that's helpful because it's helping us. I like to say you have to name it to tame it. So I like to name what's happening. Oh, I'm having fear. Like I'm having fear that this means this person is rejecting me or that they're saying they don't like me or that they're saying um, that I'm not that I'm not as qualified as I think I, I am, right? So like, I like to name the thing that's happening. And then once I can name that and say, okay, those are those are my insecurities about these things that are coming up, right? I've named them. Now it's like, I can see them in living color. I'm like, oh, you're just old stories. You're just something that happened a long time ago. I can see them for what they are, right? So that's why I like to emphasize, do not try to ignore it. Do take the time to have a dialogue with them, name them, see what they're made of mm. and see what they truly are, which is ghosts from the past. And then, you know, going back to this analogy of like, oh, my fear was driving the car. Like I was just kind of getting, you know, letting it drive the car there for a minute. Then I'll say, okay, well, how about we just have you go to the passenger seat or the back seat, right? And I, I say to myself, or I'll coach my client and I'll say, what would it look like to put yourself back in the driver's seat right now, right? So then people can start to think, oh, okay, then I have to take action in this way. I have to call this person. Um, oh, you know what? I'm remembering this one instance where I really was able to shine and I was really able to co overcome a similar situation. So people start to think when we say, how do we put you in the in the driver's seat again and put the fear aside? Then they start to come up with all these ways that they've been able to deal with fear in the past, right? It's like, how do you do that for yourself? And everybody has a different, you know, a different magic recipe. But some of them are, think of a time when you've done this before. Think of a time when somebody has told you 
how great you are or like you delivered and you have proof, right? Like we want to go back to facts. Where's the proof? Where's the evidence that says that you are capable, that you can do this, that you got this? We want to look for evidence because what that old story was doing, what the fear was doing was that it was serving up evidence for why we suck. So we want to counter that with evidence for all the, the things that show that we are capable, that we are able, that we can do this. All right. So that's a bit more of the mental, the mindset thing. Yeah. And I'm going to dive into that a little bit more, but I want to say this first. Um, it is so important. Now I am, we'll back up for two seconds. I am a hundred percent guilty, 110%. Anybody who is close to me, including my own mother, will tell you that I forget my wins like that. Like mm. two seconds. I forget my wins like that because I'm so focused on the present, present where I need to go and the future, right? That I don't spend enough time reflecting on the wins. And then I forget all the things that I have accomplished. Now, I know I'm not the only one, okay? I know that there are members listening and members of our audience listening to this right now who forget their wins. I feel like it's so natural, right? Life, there's so much that comes at you that you forget these things. So what I have been taught to do and what I, I'm excited because I've set, I've set aside this Saturday for me to kind of, you know, really hone in on this mindset thing. Uh, because like we said in the very beginning, there's nothing like launching a business and really getting to know yourself. It's really digging up some issues. So I'm I'm addressing, I'm, uh, we're putting together a whole day of me just like really kind of pouring into myself. We'll put it that way. Um, but what I'm getting back to though is creating this list. And sometimes like, I don't know if it helps to journal, if it helps to record it into um, a voice memo, you write it in your notes or whatever. Um, but creating that list of your wins, right? And it helping to change that mindset by reading those lists of wins and what those wins actually like took and what you had to face uh, constantly in order to make those wins happen. Um, so I think too, th th I mean, that's a tool that I use. I don't know if you use something like that. Absolutely. <laughs> You're like, oh, Absolutely. Here, like uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> I love it because you're talking about something that I call like creating your environment. Um, and creating your environment is like where we are going to set ourselves up to be surrounded, to surround our thoughts, to surround our physical environment, our internal psychological environment, surround ourselves with basically things that are going to trigger the best parts of ourselves, right? So even something as silly as I read this in a book, I think it was um, the success principles by Jack Canfield years ago, where he talked about if you have a home office, but even if you, all you have is a closet, have a space in your house that is dedicated to you, like putting up on the walls and in the room, all the the reminders of your success. So he was like, you've never displayed your university diploma. 
put that thing up there. Like, and I did, like, I literally went out and paid for framing. Like my diplomas were, you know, gathering dust in a box under my bed at that point. I put up my university (laughs) diplomas, like my, um, my achievements, you know, anything that was reminding me of things that I had done, or like maybe photos of like this awesome project that I did in Senegal years ago with this awesome group of people. And it was just success and it was brilliant. I had photos of that, you know, um, I had like my diploma of my yoga teacher certification up on the wall. So it was like all these reminders of all these things, not only that I've accomplished, but all these things who make me, me and who make me somebody who carries light in the world and to make that make me somebody who contributes in these major ways in the world, right? It's not so much about accomplishment for accomplishment's sake, but it's like all these reminders of how I contributed to others are super helpful for me. And then there's, like you're saying, there's making those lists. There's a a tool that I use every year. It's called the year compass. If you Google year compass, it's um, a little booklet that you print at home and you do it like every year, either, you know, in December or in January, it walks you through, has all these prompts where it walks you through looking back at your year and listing all your accomplishments. It has you look through your calendar week by week. And you are going to list all the things you accomplished, but not just the things you accomplished, but also like, what did you learn? Which um, challenges did you overcome? And which ways did you become strong, right? Like these deeper questions. And I think that doing that, and then it like the part two of that is like building your next year, right? Like visioning and creating and in, in setting your intentions for the coming year. But the first part is acknowledging your wins because as humans, we are not taught to do that in school. We're not taught to do that when we're studying, you know, later after school, whatever we're training to do for our job. We're not taught to look for success. We're taught to like prevent bad things from happening, right? Like even you look at our healthcare system, anything that we have, it's not created to have things go well. No, it's created to like take care of things when shit goes wrong, you know? (laughs) So facts. Yeah. So like we have to reprogram ourselves to create for ourselves an internal dialogue. So this is internal, but also in our physical environment, in our just immediate environment to recreate for ourselves a story and an environment that is actually triggering our brain and our heart to think about what could go well. How do I create beauty in this world? How do I create value? How do I create, uh, how do I contribute? How do I succeed? How do I bring this launch to be successful, right? So it's, it's an effort that we have to make ourselves because the world around us is definitely not built for us to focus on the positive thing we're about to build. It's it's meant to remind us of the failures and it's meant to like scare us into don't do this, don't do that because you'll fail. Mm. That's um fa- facts. I think I've said facts like 500 times in this whole thing because I'm like, amen, girl. Um, but I feel like too, um, you know, the world isn't, isn't trained and, and even some cultural things too. So um you know, I'm, I'm half Chinese and in culture, you're not exactly the people can see it as bragging. Right. Um, and, and so you're kind of just made to accomplish a whole bunch of stuff, but then never like say or reflect or anything like that. Um, 
because it can be seen as bragging in some cultures, right? And I feel like in order for you as a successful person to launch your business, be successful in whatever it is that you're wanting to do, you kind of have, you don't have a choice. You kind of have to acknowledge that stuff if you want to go ahead and push past all of these things and creating that environment. I love that you kind of put a little bit of a picture for me around it um, in hanging up, you know, your diplomas or hanging up your wins or having that stuff where you can look at it and be like, okay, I've done things like I've, I've done things. And, um, you know, that just kind of speaks to one of the other topics. I mean, we're already kind of talking about it, but the, the power of your mind, really, the power of your mind in, in changing your thoughts so that it changes your reality. And we already kind of dove into some of the questions and uh, changing your environment and ways of thinking. But you work with some amazing, you know, tech people and, and executives and and, you know, that's a hard industry. Startups and tech, that's a hard industry as well. What are some of your tools or some of the things that you work with with your clients in really channeling the thoughts that are not helpful and how to pivot to where they are? Yeah. So it's interesting because the people that I work with are the kinds of people you may think are always secure, always confident. Oh girl, everybody be, everybody be saying fearless. shit like that with me. And I'm like, Oh, if you only knew what's happening inside my brain. <laughs> exactly. And also there's like so many markers of success, right? Like, yes, the people that I work with are very successful on the business front, right? They're, they're doing amazing things. They're revolutionizing industries. They're building things that have never been built before. Some of them are early stage startups. So like the money isn't there yet, but they're, you know, very successful because of what they're creating. Some of them have, you know, some of my clients are on their third startup. They've had a couple of very successful exits and like they are financially and materially successful. But what I, I don't care about that. Like I tell my clients, I say, that's great. And we are definitely going to work in ways that are going to keep you moving forward with this material financial success, like building successful businesses. But what I'm interested in at the end of the day is that you feel successful in your life. Mm -hmm. Because then I ask them, how's your relationship with your teenage daughter going? How's your relationship with your husband going? Right. And then we're getting into like, ah, there may not be success in those areas. So it's like, well, is your material, financial and business success coming at the expense of your relationships or your happiness or your joy or your health? I mean, like I've had people get on discovery calls with me and be like, I had a heart attack four years ago because I was working 80 hour weeks building this second startup, right? And things like that, like that's not success. If you, you know, put your health in the garbage can on your way to building something. So- for me, it's when I coach these people to your question, it's like looking at the whole picture. How do we get you to be to a place where, yes, you are building the things you want to be building. Yes, you are working towards this, you know, growing this business. And at the same time, you are tending to your emotional health, to your physical health, to your relationships health, right? All of those things. Um, 
So I have to tell you, they also suffer from imposter syndrome. They also suffer from insecurities like the rest of us, right? We're all the same. And I would say for anybody who is going through something like that, it's, you know, it always goes back to examining, like when you're in the moment, examining where is this coming from? And instead of, I call it, instead of reacting, start creating. And it's easy to remember because you're using the same letters, reacting and creating have the same letters, but you just rearrange them. So when you're in a moment where you're feeling maybe imposter syndrome, whether you're a CEO of a tech startup or you are, you know, me over here building my coaching practice and mothering two kids and whatnot. When I'm under stress, when I'm feeling that imposter syndrome, that fear, I may have the default reaction want to come through, right? So I'm going to go into default reacting. But if I'm mindful and if I do, you know, the things that we talked about, like, stop, interrupt, take a moment to breathe. Then I go into creating mode. So what this means, this comes into the mindset question that you had. You and I have both lived in big cities. One of the things I love to do when I'm in big cities is look up at the buildings and just in awe, be like, wow, somebody, a group of humans had an idea in their mind of this building, this skyscraper, they saw it in their minds, they thought about it, and then they actually turned it into reality. And it is this massive concrete thing. And, I, and I'm not like a lover of skyscrapers, but I am in awe of how that gets created, right? And so if people with their thoughts can create physical things like that, like with their thoughts, they can create putting, you know, like um, stations up in space, like it's amazing then we can create with our thoughts what we want to happen next. So this is where intention comes in. So you notice that you're about to go into reacting mode and you go, okay, I want to go into creating. And then you, with your intention, you determine how you want this to go. Like, oh, I'm about to, you know, maybe <laughs> like get really angry at this person in my response, in my reaction. Well, what do I want to create? Huh, in this moment, I want to create understanding. I'd like to be creating empathy. I'd like to be creating a bridge. I'd like to be creating, right? So those can be like an in a thing that's going on with, with a co-founder or with your partner. But even if it's something with yourself, you're reacting, you're reacting from here. Oh, I'd like to create right now feeling calm. I'd like to create feeling grounded. I'd like to create feeling capable. And then you go into, well, how do I go about creating those feelings? And for every person, it's different, but it really comes from that intention. It's like interrupting when you're reacting in that fear or that imposter syndrome or that insecurity moment, going from reacting to creating. And once you, you start naming what you want to create, oh, I want to create connection. I want to create like fun. I want to create feeling secure. Then you ask yourself, how do I go about creating that for myself in this moment? I absolutely like it's in a way it's almost like reverse engineering um the whole aspect of like where's this fear coming from and that whole line of questioning right and diving down that rabbit hole in a sense and instead you're putting a positive reinforcing action into what do I want to create and then 
how do I create that? Um, That is so interesting. And I'm going to start using that. Like, I'm going to definitely start doing that. Because here's my thing is a lot of times when we address the negative thoughts or the practices or whatever, we address it and then we're like, oh, okay. Um, a lot of people stop at, okay, well, where is this coming from? And then you dive down your several different avenues, right? And then that's it. Yeah, you stop at understanding why you stop, why, you why stop the at understanding. So and what? That's not, you you can't do that, right? You you there's there's a whole other half of this that you're yeah, missing. Yeah, there's step two for that. <laughs> there's a whole other half that you're missing. And once you you get to that understanding where it's coming from, it's the whole what do I do about this? What can I do about this? How do I change this? What do, what are my action items? So I love the fact that in a sense, you kind of just created that. Like in in the whole create, like what do I want to create question is like that simple question is the whole other half of this thing. Um, I think too, as far as, you know, anything new in any sort of businesses or anything like that, that people want to try and do, I kind of vision this as a circle, right? Like, you know, it's understanding where all these negative thoughts and practices and mindsets are coming from. And then also what to do about it when you ask the creating question. Um, I highly recommend everybody put that into their, their little toolbox because I'm going to put it in my toolbox. Totally. Because like you said, the thing is, if you don't have that step two of like, now that I understand where all this not so great stuff is coming from, they say nature abhors the vacuum. Like if you don't do something with that newly freed up space, like, oh, I understand where this fear is coming from. But if you don't put something in there, another fear is going to fill it. So what you want to do is get ahead of that and get really intentional and go, okay, now that I have this understanding, what do I want to replace that with, right? Like that's the creating part. So very, very important that you don't stop there. Like do the step two and get intentional about what you want to have happen next. And sometimes people will say, so this is the trap also is often people will be like, well, I don't know what the action item is do, right? to do next. And it's like, it's okay if you don't know what to do just yet, but I want you to at least already in your mind, start thinking, envisioning, dreaming, creating mentally what it is that you want to go towards. Because if you start doing without first knowing what the end goal is, where you're going, you're just going to start doing for the sake of doing. So I would say, don't worry if you don't know what to do. The minute you get that creative vision very clear on what it is you want to create here next, the doing somehow starts appearing. The persons that you'll be like, oh, if I wanted to create, you know, more bridges with, you know, these people, or I wanted to create a future in which I am, I don't know, let's say public speaking, right, which is one, I'll pick one of mine. I see that as a dream, right? Like years ago before I started doing, okay, well, what would start to happen? And what would the actions be for me to get there? Then the answers start to come, but you first have to have the dream 
before the do and the actions come. Because then you're like, oh, if you want to be a public speaker, I should probably talk to my friend Melinda, who speaks all the time. She probably has some ideas. Oh, I should probably start reaching out to some conference organizers and you know pitch myself and put myself out there, right? But unless I had that dream, unless I had that vision that I was creating in my mind, I couldn't come up with the action items. Mm, I love that. Oh my gosh. I feel like you and I could have 5 million different types of conversations. <laughs> And this, this interview can go on forever. Um, where can people find you? Where can they, where can they follow you? Ask your questions. Yeah. And I, I love when people reach out, even if it's just to be like, Hey, like, this is what I'm dealing with, you know, in my life, I'm looking to make a change. There's this big transition. Do you have any books or tools to recommend? I do. So even if you just have a question like that, I will make the time, uh, and respond and, point you in the right direction. So I don't want people to think like I can only reach out if I'm interested in, you know, in hiring a coach. Um, I'm easy to find. I'm the only person in the world with my first and last name, Silvana Roche. You can find me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm, I mostly hang out at when it comes to social media. And then my website for my coaching practice is elanvital.co. So that's E-L-A-N-V-I-T-A-L.co. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Such a great conversation. I feel like I learned a whole bunch. Uh, the Slay Nation, I hope y'all learned a whole bunch too because these are some really helpful tips. I'm definitely going to start implementing them in my life. Um, thanks again, Silvana. I really appreciate it. And until next time, Slay Nation, we'll catch you later.